out of our heart a desire for him as never before. There's a wind that is blowing, a strong wind that is blowing. There's even a wind in the mulberry trees that are calling forth the angels of God, the army angels of God. There is the glory of God that is sparking in the atmosphere. There is ever increasing, increasing. We must press all the more, press all the more. Tonight, the, the word that I want to bring very quickly, it was actually confirmed a, a couple of weeks ago. Is this, did you come over? Okay. okay. Or is that better? Okay. So this word was actually confirmed a couple of weeks ago when Miss Ruth Carneal was here on a Wednesday night. We greatly honor this woman of God. She is a general in the kingdom, an apostle, uh, a leader that has served God with the most heroic acts of faith and power. I mean, it's incredible. She's been all over the world. She would go to the airport, and God would tell her she's going to Russia, and she would go to the airport and wait, and someone would walk up and give her the money to buy a ticket. She would fly into Russia with no itinerary, with no hotel, with no no uh, translator, nothing. She would just obey God. She raises the bar very high. But as she spoke a couple of weeks ago, she confirmed a couple of things that Pastor Rob and I were already discerning and perceiving. She said, she's 85 years old, that this had been the most difficult year of her life. In fact, her exact words were, it was a horrible year. What she didn't know was that Pastor Rob and I sat at the breakfast table that morning and literally said almost word for word what she said. We said this had been the most difficult year of our lives. Literally from the moment on January the 1st, 2023, when that ball fell in Times Square, it was on. The enemy upped his game and there's been an all out attack, an all out assault against the body of Christ. This year, I've never seen so many of God's people feel so disoriented as though they're fighting in mud feeling lethargic, fatigued, weary, agitated, maybe very agitated. The, the tactic of the enemy has been to harass us mentally, emotionally, and physically. And in doing that, he's created lots of questions and lots of doubt. I, I hear people saying, why am I hearing God? People that are very strong, even in the spirit, doubting what they're hearing and seeing. The enemy has sought to bring us into a place of uncertainty and hesitation, almost bringing the church into a holding pattern, a place of stagnation, slumber, indecision, inaction, which produces delay. Now, we have all used to experiencing obstacles and hindrances. It's a clash of two kingdoms. But since the beginning of the year, there has been a continual avalanche that has rained down upon the body of Christ. What does an avalanche do? It buries you alive. The intensity of the resistance against us has sought to submerge us, cover us, and silence us. 
the intention and purpose of the avalanche is to postpone, to stop prayer, to stop labor, to get us out of the delivery room, to stop the birthing of an awakening. Hell knows and understands and comprehends the power of prayer. Intercession shifts. It shakes. Oh, it shakes everything up. And its primary strength is to prepare the church for the revealing of the presence of God. All year, all year, not just uh, in a slight way, but I can tangibly feel the resistance around me. It's like 360 around me, pushing and pressing against me. In archery, uh, an arrow, for an arrow to be released, it has to be pulled back to go forward. We are living in a place of tension. When you take a bow and you pull an arrow back, you hit that place where the bow bends, where, where there's a stretch in the draw, and it's very tense there. And, and we are in that place, and we are being held in that place. The stretch of the draw, held in that place. And the Spirit of God actually has us there. Because when an arrow is held in a place of tension, yes, there's pressure, there's friction, there's resistance, there's strange, strain. But the extent the arrow is pulled back, the force and the energy is pulled back with will deter- determine the speed and the power that the, in- the arrow is launched from. The Spirit of God is allowing us to be in this place of resistance, pulled back, and I'm going to share why. He is the bow, and we are the arrows in the mighty hand of our God. But there is a release that is coming. It's going to be worth all the resistance, all the tension. It's going to be uh, worth all the opposition. There is an arrow of the Lord that is going to be released. Secondly, Miss Ruth also narrated through the revival, showing that out of every revival, there was a sound that came, the sound of awakening, the sound of heaven, the sound of God. It was attached to every outpouring. She went through all, all the revivals, and she said that in the 21st century, that sound has not come forth. The sound of awakening is not here, but it is very near, and it is very close. Now, Pastor Rob, at the beginning of every service, he gets up and he does the one new sound. And sometimes we just get familiar with it and we, he does this thing and then worship start, starts. We must understand that we are petitioning God, the creator of the universe, the king of glory, the king of glory. We are petitioning to come forth with, with the, uh, we're asking him for the one new sound to come forth. And so when Pastor Rob does that, it's just not something to wait for him to do. You need to have your shield out. Your sword should be drawn. You should be charged. The worship team should be behind him, and they are. But I'm saying all of us together, we're not to be spectators. We are to be participants in the move of God. Now, the enemy is so afraid of the sound of heaven. Do you realize Lucifer was before the throne, there at the throne. He walked among the fiery stones. He beheld the glory of God. He heard the sound of of heaven. He understands more than we do what we are asking for, and he is very afraid. 
Now, there has been moments, moments in prayer, moments in worship. I think the worship team can attest to this, where we begin to hear even like faint tones, notes, and chords, sounds that bring us to the threshold of an atmosphere, and it just takes your breath away, and you just want to ascend and move greater into that place. But then we find that it just dissipates. But the purpose of that is is to cause a greater hunger and a greater thirst to be in us. But there is coming a day where there will be a breakthrough and the sound of heaven, the sound of awaking will be here. The sound of his glory will thunder in the church of God. The enemy has done everything he could to mute and repress this sound. But there is a furious sound of battle is what he has used to come against us. I call it an avalanche. It is the struggle of conflict. He has been relentless in his pursuit to silence God's people with many afflictions. Psalm 34 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. 2 Corinthians 4 says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in us. One of the objectives of this battle, of this onslaught, of this avalanche, is to try to get us to leave our post. The master, Luke says, the master has need of you. He has need of us. We must stay the course. Listen to me. We must stay the course. You cannot leave your post. No matter how tough things get, no matter if accusation comes against you, betrayal, condemnation, misunderstanding, the twisting of words, no matter what the avalanche is, do not leave your post. But I wanted one of the greatest dangers is to be around people that are negative and critical. They call us into the mud. Mud slinging will cause the foundation that's under your very feet to begin to sink. You always sink in mud. Is that not right? Don't join the pigs. Stay out of the mud. And sometimes, you know, God has people in our lives that we work and work with them. But if they continue being critical, if they continue being negative and they don't change, even if you've given them the counsel of the Lord, even as you've been merciful to them, if they don't change, it might be time to make an exit because negativity and criticism will bring you into the mud. We've got to stay up above. We've got to live up above. We can't live in the terrestrial and be earthbound. We've got to come up where he is. We've got to carry his view. We've got to carry his vision and carry his purpose. Don't go AWOL. Stay the course. Now, no matter what picture the devil may paint, stay the course. No matter what the picture looks like. A few years ago, a painting hung in the Louvre museum in Paris, France. It was called Checkmate until it was purchased by a private collector. In this, uh, this painting, you can see that the devil is battling for the man's soul, and it's doing it through the analogy of a chessboard. 
And you can see that the man's face is, is forlorn and he's concerned. And you can see that the devil has already taken many pieces on the chessboard. And in fact, the reason it's called checkmate is because the devil makes checkmate, hence the name of the picture. Even the angel in the picture seemingly doesn't know that there can be any other outcome. Out, uh, and I, if you notice in the, in the picture, there is a, let me go this way, there's a spider. You see the spider on the edge? Because we are trying to take down a web of divination that has been up for centuries of time. And I believe that the weight of his glory will fall upon that web and cause it to completely collapse and we will have open heavens. But during a tour of of the museum, there was a grand chess master that saw the painting, and he was fascinated by the painting. So he stood there for a long time uh, looking at the painting, and the curator of the museum walked by and and made conversation with him, and he asked the curator, do you happen to have a chessboard? And he says, oh, I actually do in my office. And so he said, could I please have it? So he goes and gets the chessboard, brings it back, and the chess grandmaster, the, 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 um, he's, he had won many uh, competitions, set up the chessboard just like it is in the picture. And as he did that, he studied it, and he suddenly realized that the, the young man's position was not as desperate as it seemed. The young man's king actually had one more move a move that would make him the victor. The king always has one more move. It doesn't matter what it looks like. The king always has another move. It doesn't matter if you're unemployed, if your marriage is in shambles, you're suffering with depression, substance abuse, mental illness, the loss of a loved one, a health crisis, No matter what the avalanche is, our king always has one more move, a move that always checkmates. Daniel was thrown into a den of hungry lions. It looked like a checkmate, but the king had another move. The woman caught in adultery was given a death sentence of stoning, but Jesus was there and made one more move on her behalf. Sarah endured 90 years of barrenness before her checkmate miracle baby came. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown into the fire. The king himself made the move into the fire. There are no miracles without difficulties, without problems, without the presence of an impossible situation. People cannot be healed unless they're first sick. Bills cannot be paid unless there are bills needing to be paid. Yes, our struggles are used to refine us, to conform us in the image of God, but they are also used for the purpose of to prepare us for a miracle. The ten leopards had to experience leprosy before experiencing the miracle of healing. Peter had to go to prison before an angel came and and unlocked his chains and set him free. Paul and Silas had to go to jail. There was an earthquake which um, stirred a a jailer to salvation. Lazarus had to die before he could be raised from the dead. When all hope is gone, the king always has another move. But the king's greatest move against the devil was on resurrection morning. 
Every storm in our lives, every storm positions us for blessing and promotion. Just look at the life of, of Joseph. If we believe, if we will believe in the midst of our struggles, our difficulties and our storms, if we will believe, it will call us out to walk on the water of miracles. When our trust is in him alone, it expands our perspective of the greatness of our king. Every tornado stretches us into greater growth. The lion's den tests us and strengthens our faith. And just ask Paul, when a viper came out of the fire and bit him, he shook it off. Sometimes it takes a viper to know who you are and whose you are. Now, King Jehoshaphat was a good king. He served the Lord. He turned the nation of Judah back to God. He, he um, reinstated everything that was godly in the nation. But then suddenly, a sea of evil aggressors, three armies whose intent was to completely annihilate them, came in battle array and set up camp not far from them. Fighting three armies meant defeat and death or that a lot of people were going to die. Surrender meant they would live out their lives in, in slavery. Jehoshaphat basically had three choices. Flee and save himself to negotiate with the devil's armies or to run to God. Jehoshaphat came to God with raw honesty. Now, what is raw honesty? Raw honesty is not acting pious and Lord God Almighty, I pull my talit closer around me and hear the voice of your servant. I am here and behold the enemy that's outside my door, but I trust in thee, O God. No, you know what raw honesty is? It's that my gizzard is up in my throat and I'm scared to death, but I call on the living God. In him and him alone I trust. That's the kind of raw honesty he wants. He doesn't want us to act religious. Don't put on the spiritual mass, come to him with raw honesty and tell him the truth. So the king, King Jehoshaphat, he assembled the whole nation, all the people to join him in prayer and fasting. What have we been doing all year? Prayer and fasting. And out of that fasting and prayer, God spoke to them. And this is the answer he gave them. The battle is not yours, but God's. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position and stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord that he will give you and the Lord will be with you. With this word, King Jehoshaphat then takes the army of God and the the army of Israel or the army of Judah and the people out into the desert, begins to march them toward the enemy. And he says to them, listen to me. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will prosper. He then tells his army, the men with the shields and the swords, with the battle armor on, that's fought many wars, that has many, many scars. He says, hey, guys, you're not going to lead the way. The worship team is. And they were like um, standing in rank in formation, and, and we look this way and then that way. Did he just say what I thought he said? The worship team. He's going to send the worship team, the Levites, out with instruments to sing, give thanks instead of us. What kind of logic is that? What has happened to the king? Has he become a lunatic? 
well, how would this look like in a modern day Jehoshaphat moment? How would that look like today? How would that maybe look like in our church? Pastor Rob comes running in. He says, there's a crazed mob outside. They're bloodthirsty. And he says to Christy, Christy, you are to lead the charge. You're to go outside and you're begin to sing, give thanks with a grateful heart. Bryce, you can follow her and y'all can start a duet. And then Ryan, strap the keyboard around you. Just get a, get a longer extension cord. It's okay. And Shawnee and Kelly, grab your guitars. Wilson, Steve, and Victoria, just grab some bongos. They're small enough. Just all of you go outside and begin to stand before this crowd. Christy begins to look around at the worship team. They're looking at her, and they said, oh, no. Oh, no. The pressure has finally gotten to Pastor Rob. He's lost his mind. Let's go talk to the head of security. Let's go see Mark Powers. Mark checks the protocol in his safety and security manual. This action is not listed in my procedures. That's a negative. And where's some of the staff? Tom, Dave, Diane, where are y'all at? Here, we need to make an emergency call to Beverly and to Robert. Robert can go to the courts of heaven, and Beverly can see what in the world is going on in the realm of the Spirit. Intercessors start praying, start praying, praying tongues, praying tongues, praying tongues right now. Well, travail. Pastor Rob is delirious. This can't be God. And where in the world is Pastor Kay at? Oh, she's in the other room decorating. <laughs> we all laugh, but it's really the truth. This is how we might possibly act. We examine and we re-examine and we make 10 phone calls. You know, it's never been done this way, never. We have a manual for everything. And if it's not in the manual, it can't certainly be God. Yes, there is safety in counselors. But I have a sense, oh, I have a sense inside of me that this third great awakening is going to look so different than anything we could ever anticipate. Obedience to the Holy Spirit must be our bottom line. Obedience to the Holy Spirit must be our bottom line. Let us not hinder or grieve the Holy Spirit by our decorum, our respectabilities, our set of rules. But let me also say, I have seen the weird and the strange. Sometimes people have this misconception that if they can be weird and they can be strange, certainly it would be God. I have seen a man at one of our meetings do a perfect handstand at the altar. We had another man come in, dressed like Moses, looked just like Moses. He even had a staff. He looked like from the Bible days. And he began to yell out when Patricia King, our guest speaker, was here, he began to yell out and rebuke us for eating our Easter ham. So there can be so many strange and very foolish things that people try to say is non-religious and is God, and it's not. I will tell you, usually in the unusual, it's focus. There is a lesson in dying to self. Look at William Seymour. He was asked by the Spirit of God to put a box on his head and sit before the people on the stage until he heard God what to do. Reese Howell, oh, the great intercessor, that they say because of him and the intercessors, World War II was won. 
The Holy Spirit told him he could not wear a hat ever. This was considered so disrespectful, so dishonorable, so shameful, and and he could never wear a hat. But the focus of the lesson was dying to self. Usually the unusual or the weird, there's the purpose of God in it. The main thing, the main point tonight is what does the Holy Spirit want? There really is no other point. Let me say that again. The main thing, the main point is what does the Holy Spirit want? There really is no other point. Even in this year, I've I've really realized the Lord knew this avalanche was coming. And and it's it's everywhere. It is everywhere. You could talk to Robert Beverly, Dennis Goldsworthy, um, Patricia King, I don't care who you talk to, you're going to hear the same story. We have a prophet friend that has a church in Charleston, South Carolina. The man's been through hell this year. And then I've just, a couple of days ago, got a notice from the Navajo Nation, and they had had this horrendous dream of this attack that was coming. And so God gave, gave in the dream a plan of how to stop the attack. But I knew from the level of the dream and what it said, this was another avalanche that was coming. But even before the year began, Pastor Pastor Rob heard from the Spirit of God for us to start fasting, to start fasting in December, not in January, in December. And please, everybody, it's an honor to, to fast. If you're having trouble fasting, and, you know, and it's not easy to fast. You know, as sure as you start your fast on the first day, your best friend calls and they want you to go to the Mexican restaurant or you get invited to a birthday party or, I mean, something, something does usually happen. Several things usually happen. But if you're struggling, all that's wrong is your flesh is above your spirit. If you will pray in the spirit, if you will pray in tongues, you'll see the spirit rise up over the flesh and there will be no problem in, in fasting. But he, he knew that we needed to begin before the avalanche came. And so, so if you will just read Isaiah 58 to see the rewards of fasting. So at the end of this year, we would have fasted 96 days. He spoke to Pastor Rob to begin crying out for the one new sound. So he does that every single service. But we've got to get behind him more. We've got to get serious about this. Get your shield out. Beat your shields. Charge when he is when he is uh, releasing the one new sound. Cry out to God with a petition for it. Also in the awakening house of prayer, the sword of the prophetic and the government of the apostolic is functioning at a new level. We're moving into a new place. But in the midst of this avalanche that we've been in, the Holy Spirit has been releasing strategic plans, scrolls out of heaven, understanding for us. If we listen intently and as we follow him, we're beginning to change things, rearrange things, do things different. We're following his leading. The avalanche, the struggles, the difficulties is pull the arrow back into a tense place, just like this. We've been, we're being held in that place. But as it's pulled out, it is preparing us for miracles, and that arrow is soon about to be released. The king has another move. We must hold the line. We must stay the course. We must not leave our posts. We must not move uh, from the labor room 
from the delivery room. We must stay in the place of prayer because the king is about to make a move. And when he does, when that checkmate occurs, I will tell you, there will be an outpouring of the Spirit of God like it's never, ever been seen in the earth. So tonight, as we move into a place of prayer, and as the worship team comes back, go back into that same song, if you don't mind, about let the fire fall, let the wind blow, let the glory come down. Let the fire fall, let the wind blow, let the glory come down. Let the fire fall, let the wind blow, let the glory of God come down. The King of glory is coming, the King of glory. This state will be for His glory. His Son died on the cross and suffered so that the state of Arizona would be His. This state will be covered in the glory of God. There is a checkmate that is coming, the King will be making a move, and we are moving with him. So as Pastor Rob comes, we're going to go into a place of prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand up. We're going to enter some worship, and then we're going to... Wasn't that an awesome word? Kind of really set the mark... So good, so good. Let's move into that song. Rest in. 